of the Matthew West podcast here at our special Come Home for Christmas weekend in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm going to paint an audio picture for those who are listening right now. I'm going to paint it by the way of jingle bells that are on people's feet as they're walking by. We have quite a festive scene here in Franklin, Tennessee and I love this weekend. I've been looking forward to this all year. On the count of three, I want you to shout which city you have traveled from. One, two, three. Oh, I love all those places. And we have people who are going to be listening to this podcast episode from all of those places as well. And so we're going to just take some time to go around. And uh, my buddy Carlos from Caleb is here. He's got the microphone. And if you have a question that you want to ask for me, or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, any, anything you want to tell me or ask me, uh, this is your time. So I see hands going up already. Carlos, you found somebody? Got the first one. I've got Sierra here. And if you can, just so you don't, arm doesn't burn out, just like elbow on the table hand, and I will come find you next. But Sierra has the very first question. What's your favorite song you wrote? That's a great first question, Sierra. Wait, Carlos, before you leave Sierra, ask Sierra what her favorite song of mine is. What if? What if? Well, then that's my favorite today, too. Uh, my favorite bracelet I'm wearing is the one that you made for me, by the way. Thank you for this Christmassy bracelet, Sierra. That was very sweet of you. Um, I have a hard time picking my favorite, um, but I have many favorites for many different reasons. Um, Truth Be Told is one of my favorites. Um, if I had to pick one favorite, it might be a song that was never even on the radio. It was a song I wrote many years ago for um, my daughter when she was born, and it's a song called Safe and Sound. And that has always been a very special song to me. So if you haven't heard that one, you can go listen. It's just a little lullaby, but it always reminds me of the, the days that I first held my daughters in my arms. All right, I'm here with Nicole. Nicole has a very important question for you. What is your favorite car? My favorite car? Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, I know why you're asking this question, because I think you already know the answer. Is that right? All right, ask Nicole what she thinks the answer is, because I think she already knows. The day DeLorean. A DeLorean, that's right. <laughs> Do you know what she's talking about? It kind of ties in with Sierra's question. I refuse to be a shoulda, woulda, coulda been. I can't go back in time. I don't have a... Right. How many of you know what movie is that, that's from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sierra's probably too young to even know what Back to the Future is. But, uh, yes, that's a good question, Nicole. The DeLorean is my favorite. All right. Next up, we got Doug. <laughs> Want to know how your process for learning guitar went? Uh, who taught you? That's a great question. Where? Tell me where you guys came from. Fairview, Tennessee. Fairview. Okay, so not far from here. My process of learning the guitar, 
I was actually a bit of um, a late bloomer musically because I was more focused on sports in school. And when I realized, that's right, and when I realized I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player, I started to shift my focus, and uh, I really just took to music. And, uh, well, I guess you can tell I took to music because now I'm still making it all these years later and just became passionate about it. But I never really played an instrument. And so I think I was uh, 17, my senior year of high school, uh, my dad bought me a guitar. And uh, I still had that first guitar. And I taught myself how to play, basically. I got a poster from Walmart, and I'll never forget, it was called the Chord Finder. And it was basically all of these little numbers, and it showed you where to put your fingers to play different chords. And I went to college, and my freshman year of college, I didn't know anybody at the school that I was going to. I was all by myself. And I pretty much locked myself in my dorm room and put that poster on the wall and I sat there and taught myself to play chords. And with every new chord that I learned, I wrote a new song. And that literally was like how I began playing. Now I studied music in college. I was trained um, classically in vocal performance. And so I had a crash course in all things music education. So that accelerated it. But the real classroom for guitar was in my dorm room in Decatur, Illinois, uh, at Mills Hall. And I sat there and I just, learned and taught myself to play guitar and wrote a new song every time. Then my friends started coming around my dorm room and they're like, hey, you're a pretty, pretty good singer. Like, why don't you come play at our frat house or something? You know what I mean? And those were my first concerts was like playing on campus uh, just because my buddies wanted to hear me play some songs. And that inspired me to continue writing more and more. So to this day, that's just, uh, I've, I've always learned to play the guitar just so that I could write more songs. And they kind of go hand in hand. Great question. Thanks for coming. You know, with those early days of learning how to play and write songs, and you've talked openly about being told no so many times, like being rejected. How did that work through, like, your faith? Feeling like, I'm called to do this, but they keep saying no. Like, how did you deal with that rejection and that frustration? Uh, it fueled me. Like, I've always been the kind of person that, like, tell me I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, there's something about me. Like, I like interviews. When I watch interviews with, like, Tom Brady, the NFL, former NFL quarterback, like, he could tell you every team, every quarterback that got drafted before he got picked. He remembers the names, you know? It's like, it's a little vengeful. But, uh, but, uh, but I always just kind of have been, like, motivated, you know, and I think my coaches growing up knew that about me because, like, I would have brutal coaches. If you've read any of my books, you might remember some stories I told about, like, one basketball coach he told me. He was, like, he'd pull me over and he'd call me over. I was on the basketball team. I was not very good. Um, but he'd say, hey, Wes, come here. I'm like, what? What, coach? What do, you, what do you need? He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here for practice, coach. And he'd be like, no, 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 you're at the wrong practice. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I'm here. He's like, no, you should be at that practice. And he'd point to the cheerleaders. <laughs> and you know what that did? It just made me like, I'm, like, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. You know? And so I remember that kind of like fueling me. So even the rejection I faced in the music industry was kind of like, that was on a deeper level of like conviction because I knew like, one of the things I've learned in my life, you guys, is like the world talks a lot about chasing our dreams. 
But as a follower of Christ, we discover that there's something deeper than a dream. And that is your calling, your purpose, your mission. If you're chasing a dream and you start to face rejection, you might be more likely just to kind of go, ah, I'll find a new one. But if you're chasing a calling and chasing God's calling on your life, then scriptures like do not grow weary in well-doing start to come to life. And you go, man, nothing's going to stop me from pursuing what I know the calling is that God has placed on my life. And so there's a fierce determination that comes with that, that any rejection I faced, I was like, all right, it might look different than I think it should, but I still know what God called me to all those years ago at a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert when I was sitting in the crowd. And I felt it. I felt it with everything inside me that God was saying, you're going to be the next generation telling people about Jesus through the songs that I'm going to inspire you to write. And so no rejection was going to stop me from that mission. And here I am all these years later writing powerful songs like Gobble Gobble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> so true story, there was a guy who sort of, there's a YouTube video, don't watch it. This guy's like, I'm going to listen to K-Love for, nothing, for a week and that's it. Day one, he's like, turn on Caleb and the first song I hear is gobble gobble from Matthew West thank you one I like that song yeah. two that was totally my fault we played it you did it yeah it was my fault let's let's man yeah let that guy hear it he needs to hear the gospel of gobble hey by the end of it by the end of it he talked about the power of songs including yours and you just go. how the ministry of Caleb is actually fairly effective at reaching people and changing hearts so Mike you're can, up next can Mike you turn from these monitors down for me please it's blowing me out there. Thank you. All right, Mike from Austin, we have a question. Mike from Austin, I got I to gotta give a shout-out. Mike and his wife, Joy, and Mom is here, who, who, by the way, Mom, these guys came on a cruise with me years ago, and Mom scheduled her hip replacement just so she could go on the cruise, if I remember correctly. That's a true story. And now every, every time I see her now, she's like, me and my hip are here to see you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say something? Hi. <laughs> uh, so glad you guys are here. Thanks for you guys have come to so many of my shows. I'm so thankful for you. We're thankful for you, and that's why we're here. We we just love your heart for people and for spreading God's word, and we couldn't be happier to be here. Thank you. I uh, just wanted to ask real quick, real quickly, what is the favorite Christmas tradition around the West household for this time of year? It's a great question. Um, I have favorite traditions. We have several. Um, one of my favorite traditions is I take my two daughters and I get them a new outfit that they like that. And, uh, I used to try to pick it out myself and then I realized <laughs> that was not my strong suit. Um, but when they were little, you know, my wife would help like pick out a little dress and then I take them for like a special Christmas date. And so a lot of times we'll go see like, uh, like a Christmas concert or, um, like the Nutcracker or something like that. And then I'll take them for like a fancy dinner. And I remember when my daughters were little, their idea of a fancy dinner was any restaurant that was dark. <laughs> They're like, let's go to the dark place, daddy. <laughs> I was like, that's going to mean so many different things later in life. Let's not. <laughs> so that's like one of my favorite Christmas traditions. And then um, we also, you know, this, I got to say, come home for Christmas weekend in Franklin, Tennessee is starting to become my favorite tradition ever. And I kind of want to do this every year, if you guys think that's a good idea. Um, it just keeps getting more and more special. And then, you know, there's, there's little things, too, that are very significant, though, like Christmas morning, 
is a tradition uh, passed down from my dad. Uh, just the way we start our Christmas morning before we open presents, um, we we read the Bible. We read from Luke chapter two, and uh, it's just a small thing. I remember I talk about how when I was a kid, I thought my dad was just like punishing us by like slowing things down because we wanted to open the presents, and he would say, "No, first we're going to read the Bible." And we'd read from Luke chapter 2 about the birth of Jesus. And all these years later, I'm like, that's, that's the point. That's the point. Like, that's what I was saying last night at the Christmas tree lighting. And I'll say all weekend is like, let's not forget the point. And I hope that the definition of coming home for Christmas for each of us this weekend is that we're recentered, We're refocused. We're brought back to the point of it all. Unto us is born. Uh, a child is born, a son is given, and, and the greatest story ever told about the greatest gift ever given. So every Christmas morning now, I make my daughters wait to open their presents. Shoot, I make my wife wait, man. She's ready. Man, my, I don't know about you guys, but my wife takes all of the guessing out of Christmas shopping. If you looked at our text messages, it's just a link, and it says, I would like this. <laughs> and then the size, and I'm like, man, I... So every gift I get her is exactly what she wants because she's already told me. <laughs> Smart. Feels like a saying there, happy wife, happy life, right? Something That's like that. right. Guys, I want to tell you about the number one Bible for kids. It makes the perfect gift for both boys and girls. It's the Adventure Bible. It's available in five translations and uh, a variety of colorful bindings. The Adventure awaits with the number one Bible for kids. It's an excellent Bible for teaching your child biblical values that are going to last a lifetime. I'm telling you guys, if you're a parent, uh, man, you know firsthand in your own life the importance of picking up that Bible every single day. So you want to instill those values into your kids. Um, if you teach them at a young age uh, to hide God's word in their heart, it will make an eternal impact. The Adventure Bible is recommended by more Christian schools and churches than any other Bible for kids, and the Adventure Bible brand has sold more than 10 million copies. The Adventure Bible features captivating full-color features, hands-on activities that are going to get kids engaged with God's Word. Here are some of the features. You get Life in Bible Times, which are articles and illustrations that describe what life was like in ancient days. Uh, Did You Know, which is interesting facts that help kids understand God's Word and the life of faith. Live It, which is hands-on activities that help kids apply biblical truths to their lives. People in Bible Times, which is articles that offer close-up looks at the amazing people in the Bible. Words to Treasure highlights great verses to memorize. All of that is part of the Adventure Bible. More information about the Adventure Bible, plus free Bible games, activities for kids, and teaching resources are available at AdventureBible.com. Give the gift that's going to stay with your child for a a lifetime. Go to AdventureBible.com today. So we have a question about Pop Wee. How'd you go from Pop One to Pop Wee? And Jolene from South Georgia has a question for you too. How old were you when you went on your first tour? When I went on my first tour, gosh, I well, so my first tour as a like a signed recording artist, I was the opening act for uh, Mark Schultz and Avalon. I love that there's like a fire truck while we're recording a live podcast. Oh, it's the emergency announcement? Only a loco would know that. So I should have scheduled around it is what you're telling me? One o'clock every Saturday. Well, we know it works by now. Uh, what was your question? Oh, first tour? So I can't, can't remember if it's my first or my second. 
my first and second tours, and I can't remember which order. I'd have to look at my calendar. But I did a tour, and I opened for Avalon and Mark Schultz. And one time, Mike, uh, Mark Schultz went on a bike ride before the show, and he got lost, and he almost missed the show. That was funny. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I'm good friends with all of them. Um, the, one of the lead singers from Avalon, his daughter is my daughter's best friend, Aww. which is cool. And, uh, and then I did a tour called Festival Con Dios, and uh, it was like in, in parking lots across the country. And Newsboys was headlining. And I was, the I was the opening act. And I went on at like 3 p.m. And nobody was there. And, and I, had a, I drove in a van with my band behind Newsboys tour bus. And they got to sleep all night. And we stayed awake all night. And that was a brutal tour. And I think I'm still recovering from that. That was 20 years ago. <laughs> Okay, so two questions here. One, you're working on your Carnegie Hall date, yes? I would love to play Carnegie Hall. That would be, that's a bucket list venue. Is that what I should do? Would you like to come to that show if I play at Carnegie Hall? You told me I could be your first choice for an alto singer in your, in your choir. You'd like to be in the choir? Yes. Well, would you like to audition for us right now? Um, no, no, you can't hesitate. If you're okay. going to sing me All a Christmas right, song, you, sing? you get 10 seconds. Okay. You pick. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Look at that. Yeah. That, that was beautiful. You're in the choir. You'll be the alto. Carnegie Hall. No, you're, you're only, there's only going to be one alto. It's all you. Alto, take it away. We have another alto? We have two altos, okay. Now, I'm, I'm not sure how you're going to take this question, but it's a great one. Okay, I want to so hear it. So, when you're on tour, who picks your clothes out for you? I know you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know he ain't doing it. Something tells me she wants to pick out my clothes for me, and if she did, I'd look like a Christmas tree. Uh, I, ha I do have help picking out my clothes. Yeah, why? You don't think I could pick out something that matches? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, I got inspired today. I met a friend uh, who came through the line earlier. I'm looking for him because he's wearing blue. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, blue Christmas. He's like, no, I'm colorblind. It's the only color I can see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of keeps things simple for you, doesn't it? Oh, where is he? Oh, is that, that's you. There you are. <laughs> Couldn't see you there. <laughs> um, but I do have, my wife helps me. And she told me to wear this scarf today to look Christmassy. She did a good job. And then she, she, sent, and then she sent me a link for something else she wants me to buy. Yeah. <laughs> we were backstage, and Stephen was saying hi to Matthew. First thing was, that's a long scarf. Yeah, he was worried I was going to trip over it. <laughs> Stephen's the kind of guy who just says what he's thinking, doesn't he? You think? I liked it, yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, hi, I'm Christy from Pennsylvania. And I just wondered, what is your favorite song of yours that you like to perform when you're on tour? That's a great question. It's always great to see you guys. You guys come out to many of our shows and uh, do great work uh, with Teen Challenge. And uh, I'm thankful that you guys are here. Thanks for being here. And go Steelers, right? Is that what you're thinking? Um, you know, it, it's different every night for me. Um, there's, I, Hello, My Name Is has always been like a really special song to play live. It just seems like it's like an anthem, and it's, it's an anthem about identity, and just always feels like 
really a special moment every night we play that. I don't know how to explain it. Um, Truth Be Told is a really special song to play live. Songs like What If are so much fun because it's like that's the that's the high energy like moment of the show. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I it's it's hard to like I get nervous to play new songs, but sometimes I take a chance and I'll play like a new song and that'll like be like a really special moment if the crowd likes it. <laughs> but what's your favorite song when you come out to see a show? Do you have one? Grace wins. Grace wins. Yeah, yeah that's like uh, I, I call that like the victory anthem part of our show. You know, we're singing these songs that are declarations of who God is and what He says about us. You know, and the victory that we have in Him. So I, I like that one too. So, but for me, every night is different. Some nights will just, you know, tonight I'm singing "Oh Holy Night," and that's my favorite of the night. But it's also the one that makes me the most scared because I got to hit some high notes. So. Uh, if you wonder which song I'm, I'm most nervous about, is that one tonight. So, thank you. I appreciate you. All right, we got Cameron from Alabama here. What keep What keeps you going on like the harder days, like of being a performer? What keeps me going on the harder days? Uh, moments like this, where I get to meet Cameron from Alabama, who came all the way to visit me because she listens to my music, and I saw the excitement in your eyes when. We got to say hi for the first time, and that means a lot to me. It really is. I'm going to start getting choked up now. That's what. Whose that's favorite what, song is Hello, My Name Is, by the way? That's, she, she was going to ask that question Cameron's about that favorite song, song next. Yes. Nice. How about we sing that tomorrow? I'll have the whole band here. We'll rock that one for you. Does that sound like a plan? All right. I love that. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's um, – it's like uh, I love shining a light on my songwriter friends today because, like, what they said was really true, that there's just a lot of songs that get written that never even see the light of day, like in terms of the public and people getting to hear them. And I've got a lot of songs that, you know, I've written over the years that, you know, for a song to make its way from being written to being recorded to being like liked by your record label and all the decision makers and then to go on the radio and then for the radio station to decide if they're going to play it or not, like it's... There are so many hurdles or hoops or obstacles, if you will, to get from one stage to the next. And so the fact that um, that I've had as many songs kind of get through all those obstacles just to get to you guys is like it's uh, it's a big deal. And it's something that I don't take lightly. So I think what helps me on the hard days is knowing that like my mentality, Cameron, is that like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to write another song. You know what I mean? And. Like, I had that happen this past year, to be honest with you. I wrote a song called You Changed My Name. And uh, thank you. And, you know, I put that song on the radio. And you know what? It didn't go number one. And you know what? That's okay. Because I'm going to write another one tomorrow. But more importantly than that, when I sing that song with the audience and I see everybody worshiping, I'm like, the Lord reminds me, like, it's not about, like, how many number one songs you have, you know what I mean? It's about connecting to the hearts of people and helping people connect to the heart of God. And, uh, and so I think failure, I know nobody wants to hear this, but failure is a good thing sometimes, you know, and I talk a lot about it. Carlos said, I talk about rejection and I talk about failure. There's so many lessons you learn from it. Your character grows. You start to realize what you're building your house on too. So when you have a failure in your life, if it rocks your boat, if it, if, it, if it really shakes you, then you have to go back and take some inventory on, like, 
what am I building my foundation on? Is my foundation built on like having a hit song or is it built on like making great relationships with people out there around the country and getting to hang with them and getting to point them closer to Jesus and building a community? You know what I mean? So um, don't get me wrong. I love a number one song. That's pretty cool. And we celebrate that. That's why I give my buddies plaques, not because it's like a trophy, but because it's an awesome symbol of like, man, look how look what God has done. Look how he's used that song to connect to people. But, man, I'll tell you what, I've had just as many number two songs as I've had number one. Like last night they announced me 30 number one songs. You know how many songs I've had that never went to number one? They were at number two, number three, number four, number five. But you know what? You know how many people come up to me and say, man, that song touched my heart. And they have no clue if it was ever a number one song or not. To that person, it was a number one song, and that's what it's all about. So, anyways. And... Briefly touch on about how many songs do you write a year between your song, songs for other artists? Because you're right, so many songs try to go up the ladder to big number one radio play, but you keep plugging along even after songs that get written and then never get used. Yeah, I'm at like, um, this year I'm at 85 songs. Wow. Um, in, in, in years past, it would be more than that. Like, throughout your career, it's going to be more, um, and I knew that number because I'm very intentional about how I spend my time. And so I know how many songs I've written because I've set, I set targets and goals. Um, and I have a friend actually who's here today who's part of our ministry, and she helped me learn that because I'll, I'll let you inside my mind for a second, okay? Get ready. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, but what, what can happen a lot of times in any career probably, but definitely in music, you can feel like no matter what you've done, you can go, you know, man, why do I still feel like I, I failed? Or, you know what I mean? You ever have that feeling, you just feel like a failure? You know what I mean? Would you believe sometimes, like, I could even get up in front of 10,000 people and sing like I did last night, and I could still feel like I failed on some level. Do you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I had a friend who's here who actually told me, he's like, well, sometimes what can help you with that is drawing a circle around what a good job looks like. Like, so if you have a goal or if you're working on something, like, Draw a circle and say, like, well, if it does this, then I can, I can rest. And, I, and, and then if you get even close to the bullseye, you can go, ah, okay, job well done, team. Let's celebrate the victories. And so sometimes I have a hard time celebrating the victories. I've learned that uh, comes along with my Enneagram number. I just move on to the next mountain to climb. And I'm, I'm working on getting better at drawing a circle around, you know, what does a good job look like? And then you know, getting to the end of it and going, I'm going to leave the results up to God. So even with that song, You Changed My Name, it didn't rock my boat the way that it would have before because I could see the impact and I already drew the circle around what, it, what was I hoping would happen. Well, part of the circle was I hope it's a number one song. But you know what? If it doesn't, that doesn't mean it's a failure because I can look at all these other things that are part of that circle and I can see how God used it in people's lives. I forgot what your question was, but I said all that stuff. Hey, did you guys know that most children's vitamins have some unhealthy stuff in them? It's like, a, you know, the old song, just a spoonful of sugar. A lot of unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk in these vitamins that growing kids really shouldn't eat. And that's why Haya was created, H-I-Y-A. It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Most ch children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar, and they contribute to a variety of health issues, while Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, and yet it tastes great even for the picky eaters in your life. It was formulated with the help of nutritional experts. 
Paya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, and zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration. Who doesn't need help in that, right? It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Your kids are going to love it. Trust me on this. Haya is a healthy way to make sure you're getting the vitamins and all the nutrition that you need. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order to claim this deal. You must go to Haya.com slash West. It's not available on their regular website, so go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash West and get your kids the full-body nourishment that they need to turn into healthy adults. Check it out. Roy from Texas has a question about your parents. Oh, before I say that, I'm going to tell you, you changed my name. You see, we were in that video, and every time I see that video, I get to see my beautiful son. Thank you. Hey, well, that's, that's part of the circle right there, my you, friend. You know, Your son, Matthew, back there, he's a right. special kid. Thank you so much. And the other thing, you see your mom and dad here, they work tirelessly. And we love them, and, and thank you for them. And, and you're a product of them. Yeah. We appreciate that. Very I much. hope mom and dad can hear that. But here's the other thing. Don't hinder your dad. Let him tell us some dad jokes here in oh, a second, yeah. brother, all right? Oh, man. I, th- I feel like my dad plants one person in every crowd <laughs> who's going to request dad jokes. Uh, dad's going to have his moment tomorrow where I'm going to actually hand the microphone over to him, and he's going to deliver a Sunday morning sermon for us. How's that sound? And, I, I, and I've heard enough of his Sunday morning sermons to know that there's going to be a, a, a couple of bad dad jokes in there before it's all said and done. But uh, I, thank you for what you said about my mom and my dad. I mean, it's, if you know my parents, you probably have had the thought, man, Matthew is very blessed. And uh, I am blessed, and I'm so thankful for the impact that my mom and my dad have had on, on me and my kids. You know, it's a really special, special thing. And so... I'm excited to share the whole West family with you guys this weekend. Thank you, guys. I see now, some. Oh, you got some more? Here yeah, go. speaking of your kids, Amy from Kansas has a, a question. So we've listened to Lulu sing from I Love Mommy all the way up to I Got a Dog Named Nick, you know. And uh, when did you know it was more than just casual singing? And does Delaney have an interest as much as Lulu does? Well, thank you, Amy from Kansas. And uh, last night, Amy read me a beautiful poem that she wrote about her story. And she wove, uh, wove, weave. Thank you. I was testing you to see if you knew. <laughs> she wove my song titles into her story, which was so cool. Um, yeah, my girls, man. Uh, I think I'm going to have Lulu sing with me tonight at the Fisher Center. Um, Delaney, actually, Delaney has an incredible singing voice. But she refuses to like sing in public and it's hilarious because she'll be around the house and I'll just hear her sing and she'll do these like little runs and stuff and I'm like and I'll like fake get mad at her I'm like you're wasting your talent you're so good and so like now our joke is that when she's when I catch her singing I say you stop you stop singing right now you're too good and uh, until she's ready so I think I'm gonna force her to join um, the singing group at her school 
Because I've never wanted to, like, force my kids to do stuff, you know? But she's just too talented. I think I'd rather have her resenting me for a little while and, and getting a little nudged. She's the one that needs to be nudged a little bit. I'll give you an example. She's 14, and ever since she was little, I've been convincing her how amazing roller coasters are. And we go to amusement parks. I'll do concerts at amusement parks. We'll go to Disney World. We're playing at Disney World, and they give us somebody to take us on all the roller coasters. Don't even have to wait in line. She refused to come. I'm like, Delaney, it's going to be awesome. And one time I tricked her and got her on a roller coaster, and she acted like she was going to be scarred for life. And I thought, great. I've heard every parent sends their kids to counseling for some reason. <laughs> so I thought, well, this is it. Well, she goes and takes a class trip to California a few weeks ago comes back one of the days they went to universal studios and she comes back and she's like a different kid and my wife says delaney tell tell dad what's changed in your life since you went to california i was like oh lord (laughs) 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 whole lot could change you know just kidding and she goes oh yeah i like roller coasters now i was like i'm like who had such an influence on your life that now you like him it's like oh i went with my friends i'm like oh so sometimes she just needs a little little push. Uh, we got Luke from New York here with a question. Luke. With your brother back there, dude. On your song, Today Was My Last Day, and you said that you would call your mom out of the blue and take your girl on an ice cream date. Do you feel guilty and then you ha- kind of have to do that? <laughs> so good. <laughs> You guys know the song he's talking about? <laughs> that's a great question. And yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. That's a funny question. And, but there's actually a serious answer to that is a lot of the songs that I write, Nick, like they're, they're as much for me as they are for anybody else. And they're reminders for me, you know, of like what really matters, how I should be living my life. And so... A lot of times if I write something like that, it's because I feel like I haven't done that enough. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's a good, like, when I sing that song, you're, I, I go, hey, take some inventory. Like, have you been putting your family first? You know, have you been, you know, taking your kiddo out on her weekly date? Like, or are you letting that slide? So, like, when you listen to my songs, you're reading my journal in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's why lines like that are in that song. And I got to tell you, on that record, on the My Story, Your Glory record, that's probably my favorite song. It's a song called While I Can, because um, that's my journal. That's my story, and I'm, I want my honesty to bring God glory. You know what I mean? I want to live every day with urgency. That's a theme I've noticed in a lot of my songs. Like, what if today's the only day I got? You know, if today was my last day. Like, living with a sense of urgency and not taking our lives for granted. So, thanks for your question, dude. Now I feel guilty. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Catherine with a C uh, from San Francisco with a question. Um, I was just wondering, so I was chronically ill for a long time, and I I lost a lot of hope that I would ever get well, and I felt a lot of shame, and I felt like I was broken, and I couldn't be of use and damaged goods, and your song Mended, just like, I remember the first time I heard it, I started crying, and... um, you know, I was just wondering what inspired that because it made me feel like, okay, God can still use me even, you know, if this is as good as it ever gets, <laughs> if I never get well, God can still use me. I'm still worthy. So I was wondering what inspired that. 
but before you hand the mic over, Catherine, you, you can tell the audience what you shared with me because God's done some pretty incredible things in your story. Yeah, I uh, in the last year, so I, I had chronic Lyme disease from the time I was four years old and a, a lot of other complicating factors to it as well. And um, after 20 years of trying to get well, traveling all around the world, seeing top doctors in the last year, finally, now the Lyme and all the co-infections are dormant and my health is like night and day. And so grateful, so grateful to God for the miracle. Yeah, I've gotten to meet you at different stages of your journey and uh, like the light in your eyes uh, and getting to see you. It's like I could have probably told that something was different even if I didn't hear the rest of your story. But that's just awesome to hear. When you see broken beyond repair, I see healing beyond belief. When you see too far gone, I see one step away from home. When you see nothing but damaged goods, I see something good in the making. Not finished yet. You see wounded, I see mended. Uh, those lyrics were written by an encounter I had with a, with a woman named Kathy, actually, close to Catherine, but I think hers was Kathy with a K. And she lived in Florida and had a really broken story. Uh, she had um, run away from home at a young age, and then uh, she wound up um, being trafficked in her life and uh, just really struggled. And uh, she started listening to Christian radio station in Florida, my friends, the Joy FM, and uh, they started ministering to her, and they helped rescue her and get her some help, and uh, there was a song of mine that she had heard on the radio and felt like it was reading her journal, and that's a cool thing, like, so I'm writing out of my journal, some of you hear my songs, and you go, man, he must be reading my mail, you know, that's how God works, that's not, I mean, that's incredible, you know, and so I actually got a chance to we surprised that lady and showed up at her apartment one day and I heard she was she was dying and uh, I brought my guitar and um, just sang for her, sang some hymns for her and you know she sat and cried and I told her I remember I said I didn't come here to make you cry I'm sorry and she said no crying for me is a good thing she said I, I've gone through a lot in my life and I learned how to like step outside of my body, like not feel things anymore. So for many years, I couldn't cry even if I tried. And she said, but now when I cry, it's like it reminds me that God's healing me. And I was like, that's powerful. So I went home and wrote those words for her because I was looking at somebody who once was wounded. And my, most people might look at her and go, yeah, that's probably not going to get put back together anytime soon. But God sees us so much differently than we see ourselves. And he sure sees our story di differently, too. That's because he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. We are not. We're stuck somewhere in the middle. We got no clue how this thing's going to go. But he sees the beginning, the middle, and the end. And uh, so we can trust in his view of our lives because we only see a limited part. Thank you. I wonder if you've ever been to MatthewWest.com. Maybe you've clicked on the uh, store button and gone shopping. Maybe you've bought merch, some t-shirts or books or something like that. Well, that's all made possible by my friends at Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch, your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
thanks to you, I'm going to hit a million orders at my Shopify, right? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap, which I am not, or offering outdoor outfits, which maybe I am, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and you sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify has been a huge help for me uh, with our web store our company's web store having everything all in one place and the the analytics they give me it's really incredible so sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash west all lowercase by the way again that's shopify.com slash west all lowercase now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash west and stories are so powerful which i think is what makes matthew's music so powerful so thank you for sharing yours matthew thank you for what you do every day you're writing songs that god is using now with time we have time for just a couple more questions before we wrap up this podcast. I see like 19 hands. <laughs> so I'll try to go quick with let's my go, Let me go rapid fire. Yeah, let's I'll go run. Ra- I'll, okay, I'll go let's as fast do, as I can. Seriously, I was told 10 minutes, two questions. What if we do this? I'll put a 10-minute timer on my phone. I'm literally going to run question to question. Deal? Let's go. All right, let's rapid fire. It. Gracie, you're first. And 10 minutes starts now. Go. Okay. Uh, I'm Grace from California, and uh, my question is, what was your like favorite music video to film like ever out of all the music videos that you've done? Definitely What If because I got to go skydiving. I went if you haven't seen that video, go watch it. I was scared to death, but you got to do like I was like I can't do a song called What If be like what if today's the only day I got and then like I just go to the movies or something. So <laughs> I called my team and I was like I got it. How about we jump out of a plane? And they just, they said how about you jump out of a plane? Strangely, my band, that's the one gig they didn't want. So that's my favorite one by far. Easy wow. question. Thank this you. next question fits to that. How can we be praying for you? That's what Peggy wants to know. Heard you wrote a song about prayer. I and did. And how can we be praying for you, your family, your team, your mom and dad, everybody? Oh, that's so sweet. Pray I'm, for the ideas like jumping out of planes. Yes. <laughs> pray that I don't hurt myself. Um, I, I think I'm going to play that new song for you tomorrow. It's called Don't Stop Praying. And um, some of you uh, who came a day early got to hear a little preview of that. Um, That's going to be my new song that comes out January 5th. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Well, why don't you pray, uh, be praying for our concert tonight. Um, I want to tell you something really cool about tonight. Um, Our friends from TBN are actually filming the entire experience this weekend and tonight's concert and it's going to be made into a Christmas special on television that's going to be playing closer to Christmas. So you guys might get to see yourselves on television. So, uh, But whenever we uh, film something for television, there's extra pressure to sing extra good. So you can be praying for tonight's concert. Uh, and there's going to be people from all over the community who are coming to the concert tonight. And they're going to hear the gospel message loud and clear. And uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you for offering to pray for me. That's great. All right, seven minutes, 58 seconds. We're Next doing question. Good. We're doing good. Okay. Qu- the quick version of the inspiration and story behind writing my story, your glory. And then I wanted to know, have you ever worked with Tony Wood? Yes. And, uh, and these friends here live in, you said Franklin? Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're, they drove the farthest distance to be here. 
Uh, yes, so Tony Wood is an amazing songwriter, and uh, he's been, he's like one of the like veteran songwriters. He's had many number one songs, and we've written many songs together over the years. And he just wrote a great book about prayer, um, and he sent me a copy. I got to write a little endorsement for it, by the way. Um, but My Story, Your Glory is actually a song I wrote with AJ, who you heard here today. And sometimes the way the songs are written, um, AJ is a gifted music maker where sometimes he can create an entire piece of music and there's no words to it. He just gets inspired and starts, and he plays all the instruments. And so, and we call them track starts. And so I'll text him and I'll say, inspire me. And he'll, he'll be like, okay, I'll send you something. And so one day he sent me this thing and it was like, and I was like, whoa. I started like ripping my shirt off, you know. It just felt like Springsteen found Jesus or something. And he sent me this piece of music. I was like, that's awesome. And I've never, I always have a song idea that goes when I'm writing the music. I've already got the title. I've got that idea coming. But he comes at it from a different way. One of the only other people I know that does that is Michael W. Smith. And um, I wrote with Michael W. Smith. And he called me to his studio. And he pressed play on a fully produced piece of music. He had the whole song. All the music was done. He even recorded all the instruments, all the band and I'm like, well, what are we doing? He's like, well, you need lyrics. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you wrote the whole song, but you don't. He's like, yeah. And then he played his vocal on it, and all it was was like mumbling, not a single word. And I was like, I mean, you want to talk about feeling like a Tetris puzzle? I was like, I was scared to death. And he handed me a pad and a a, a pen, and I was like, well, what do you want to call it? <laughs> And, and, and somehow a song was written. So everybody kind of has a different process. But um, so that's sometimes how we'll work. I'll just text AJ, inspire me. He'll send me a track start. And, some, and then I start to like go, yeah, I'll look at titles that I've written and go, oh, that lines up with this idea. Let's go. And yeah. I love that. So I love playing that song live. We'll do that one tomorrow for sure. All right. Next up with five minutes to go. We're doing good, man. Uh, Mark and Mary from St. Louis, Missouri. Yes. Go Cubs. <laughs> exactly. We want to know how much fun was it making the video for Gobble Gobble, and was it Pastor Joe that started the food fight? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. That would be if What If is my favorite video because it was death-defying. Gobble Gobble might be the second favorite video because it was in the middle of the pandemic. We had way more reasons to cry than to laugh. And that video, my family had so much fun making it. My daughters were a little mad that I made them be in it. Um, not as mad as they were when I made them be in Modest is Hottest, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> that one almost got me canceled. P I got hate mail for Gobble Gobble music video because we had a food fight, and they were like, how can you have a food fight when people don't have food to eat? And I was like, oh, man, you're going to find anything to complain about. I'm like, did you notice Trump and Biden are in the video? Why don't you complain about that? Uh, I don't think my dad started that food fight, but actually there's a kind of a neat uh, story into that food fight is we have a long history of family food fights. Um, back before my grandmother passed away, my dad would tell a story about how a food fight would break out. He had a family of 10 kids, nine boys and one girl, 
And so grandma had like PTSD from the food fights and in older in her later in her life, when somebody would say pass the peas, her instinct was just to cover her glass <laughs> because she had learned over the years that her food, that her glass was going to get filled with food. So you gotta, you gotta love a good food fight. All right. Three minutes. One question was, do you have a new album that you're working on? When is it coming out? And this question. Hi, I'm Renee from Lansing, Michigan, and my question is, how do you stay connected to your wife and daughters when you're on tour so much, and, you know, the last day, the very last scene in it where you you decide to leave uh, the tour behind and you yeah. go back in, I love that scene. Uh, how do you do that in real life? Well, you're not going to like the answer because it's going to mean uh, less opportunities to come and see me in concert. And uh, so, for example, next spring is my daughter's senior year in, in high school, and there's a lot of things that I'm not going to miss. And so I've said no to a lot of opportunities to travel other places and do concerts. I did that the same this December. Instead of doing 20 shows, I'm doing four, you know. Um, and so a lot of times it's learning the power of no and not being afraid. I know you're reluctantly cheering for that because that means, oh, he's probably not coming to California anytime soon. But I will. I promise I'll, I'll always tour. But a lot of times it's just, I mean, it's boundaries. And it's, you know, involving them in weekends like this and letting them know that, like, you're part of this. This isn't just dad doing his job. So my fan, you know, at the end of the day, like, one of the thoughts that haunts me in a good way is I just don't want to get to the end of this. And I built a successful career in music and horribly failed as a husband and father. And so i got to tell you, I'm inspired by the, you know, I've met people here. There's a, another couple here celebrating their 45th anniversary. They're going to get a present before this weekend's over. <laughs> 40 years, 45 years. I, I'm inspired by that, you know, and uh, it, it, it really motivates me to, to build a successful story as a husband and as a father because God's <laughs> called me to that ministry um, before anything else. So um, the other question I am I'm always working on new records, always working on new music. Um, new songs are coming out next year that I've written for other people as well. Um, but uh, And then I, I, I wrote a book called My Story, Your Glory. It's a 30-day devotional, and it's, uh, it's coming out in February of this year. So I'm just putting the finishing touches on that manuscript, and I'm actually writing another book at the same time. Guess, guess what it's called? Come Home for Christmas. Yes, and it's going to come out next year at Christmas time, so I'm super excited about that, and that's going to come out with uh, W Publishing, and then My Story, Your Glory is coming out with um, WTA Publishing. That, that means nothing to you, but anyways, um, and I'm working on a new record that I think will come out in the fall of next year. Hey, I wonder if you need to supercharge your hiring. If you do, well, you need Indeed. Uh, if you're like me and uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to find some great people to add to your team. But you don't have a lot of time to spend searching. Where do you begin? You begin at Indeed. Indeed makes it easy. They streamline the whole hiring process. It's an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. 2913. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. So why aren't you? They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. And that's what I love. You're able to hire and find the right people fast. And you're also able to save money in the process. Here's how. 
the only job site that where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, that's Indeed. No other job site offers that. So you're saving money and you're finding the right people to add to your team. Join more than 3 million businesses that use Indeed. Start hiring now with a $75 job credit, sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 job credit now at Indeed.com dot com slash west again indeed.com slash west and support the show by saying that you heard about it on the matthew west podcast indeed.com slash west terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed all right 90 seconds so i am solely blown away by your memory so i'm danielle which is landon's mom who i know you know and the fact that you make everybody so well seen and you remember their names and your lyrics and you remember them all how what is your trick well, when you bring that up, I'll, now I'm probably going to start forgetting and I'm going to blame you. <laughs> I don't know that there's a trick. I just, I think I'm, I want to focus and be in this moment, you know? Like, I, I've been guilty a lot in my life of being in a moment, but I'm somewhere else, you know, and not fully enjoying the moment that I'm in, right? And so coming into a weekend like this, like, man, I hope this weekend means a lot to you guys. I know it means a lot to me that you guys like would be here and hang out with me for Christmas time. And so my goal is to make it as special as possible and uh, and make you guys all know how much it means to me that you would come here and uh, get ready for the Christmas season with me. So, I, you know, I don't know that I have like a great memory necessarily. My dad has always been very intentional about remembering people's names and now he's getting older I see that he'll, like, he's got to have a little more help, right? So he'll, like, meet somebody and, like, write it down on a piece of paper and so he can remember it. I'm like, so maybe that'll be, maybe that's the future me someday, but how can I forget Landon, man, getting to meet him? And, you know, we talked about the Michigan Wolverines and all that controversy. But then I also remember, like, he, he shows up with Michigan Wolverine stuff, and then the next day he's got another college that he's wearing. So I questioned his loyalty, but he said his sister goes to Arizona State, so... Uh, make some noise for Landon, man. That's a good dude right there. So, now if I forget any words to my songs at tonight's concert, it's your fault. Not Landon. He can't do no wrong. It's you. Man, this was fun. Man, that was great. You nearly nailed exactly 10 minutes. I did it? That was awesome. Well, I know I probably didn't get to every yeah. question. but We have one I'll, last one before we go. Oh, one more. I promise. Go ahead. One, go ahead. one final comment before we go. Susie from Franklin. I know who you are. Yeah, I know you do. So, um, and your you sister. Yes. Do you want to introduce Denise, her as well? My sister Denise from <laughs> Noonan, Georgia. So this is our second year here, and we are just praying that you're going to make this an annual event. Can you promise us that? Because what do you guys think? Should we make it an annual event? Okay. Because here's the thing. When we walked in um, Thursday night, People were coming up to us and saying, we were wondering if you were going to be here this year. We feel like we have a whole new family, big family, and we have you to thank for that. Oh, that's incredible, and I, I hope that you guys will take advantage of this opportunity. Some of you came with family, some of you came as a couple, some of you came by yourself. Uh, we really do hope that it's like the heartbeat of our whole ministry and the heartbeat of our ministry, Pop We. If you haven't plugged in with it yet, please do so before the end of the weekend, but it is about community. It is about the reminder that we is better than me. 
Uh, it's about the reminder that we can't make it through our stories on our own. We need help. We need each other. We need community. And this idea of this weekend was forged out of a time of extreme isolation where many of us were locked in our houses or couldn't go to school, couldn't go to work. All my concerts were virtual, right? And a lot of you guys would tune into those. And we found ways to find community and have community in spite of all that. And that's where this weekend came about. And so I love that beautiful things can come out of, you know, even broken seasons. And this weekend, it feels like one of those. So the short answer is I would sure love to do this as an annual event to come home for Christmas. If you guys will continue to come back and hang with us. Um, and, and we will make sure that we give you guys the first opportunity because you are, as my kids would say, the OGs. So, um, so uh, we're, we're going to have some more information on that before the weekend is up. So thank you for being here for two years in a row. And I have heard from people who uh, have made friendships from last year and you've even visited each other. You guys were sharing that. Yeah, which is so cool. So, and of course, jingle and jangle, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be the same without them. So, well, hey, I guess this concludes the Matthew West podcast episode with my friends at Come Home for Christmas.